Hello, and welcome to this podcast, Blowing the Whistle in a Pandemic, the Impact of COVID-19 on Whistleblowing. This is the first in a series looking into the key findings and trends from the Freshfields Whistleblowing Survey this year. This is actually the latest installment in a project that started in 2014 and was refreshed in 2017. This year, we've again gathered the views of over 2,500 respondents across 13 industries in the UK, US, France, Germany, and Hong Kong. The aim of the survey is to assess attitudes towards whistleblowing and to examine how they've changed since our last survey in 2017. As a firm, Freshfields has always been keen to understand this from an employee's perspective so that we can better advise our clients on how to promote a better speak-up culture. And that's particularly important given everything happening around the world. My name is Stephanie Chu, a senior associate in the Freshfields People and War team based in Hong Kong. I'm here with my colleague Nicola Jones, an associate also from our Hong Kong team. Joining us are Caroline Stroud, partner, and Holly Inslee, senior associate, both of whom are from our London People on the Board team. Caroline and Holly were instrumental in, in initiating the first whistleblowing survey in 2014 and have been heavily involved with the project since. We're therefore really pleased to have them join us today so that we can get their views and insights into the 2020 survey findings. In today's podcast, we're going to explore one of the areas on which respondents were surveyed, what they feel has been the impact of COVID-19 on whistleblowing. The survey behind the 2020 report was conducted in May, June earlier this year, coinciding with a massive change in the global workforce because of the pandemic and the dramatic shift to remote working. But as people's views vary, on the pros and cons of working from home. So it seems to managers' opinions on COVID-19's impact on whistleblowing. Nicola, perhaps you can just run us through some of the key findings from the survey. Sure, yeah, so opinions are split. 47% of respondents thought that the COVID-19 lockdown had not had any impact on instances of whistleblowing. However, 28% thought that whistleblowing had in fact increased whilst 25% of respondents thought that whistleblowing had decreased during the period of remote working. So Holly, it's clear that this is a pretty divisive topic, but what do you think are the reasons behind the various views coming out of the survey? Thanks, Nicola. And I I think in part that really clear divergence of views is an indication that it's probably just a bit too early to know. We're all talking about the impact on whistleblowing, we're trying to predict what might happen. But I think it's early days and we haven't yet really seen, and most organisations, I suspect, haven't really seen what's going to happen to the number of concerns being raised and, and attitudes of employees. But just looking at some possibilities, you hear one school of thought, which is that there will be more whistleblowing, possibly because there'll be more to blow the whistle about, albeit it might be different sorts of concerns than you might come across if people are sort of physically in the office together. There's another view that actually people might somehow feel emboldened and more likely to raise concerns because that physical distance between them and their line manager, if they're working from home, makes them feel more confident, perhaps makes them feel less exposed to potential retaliation. The other school of thought, though, is that actually you will see whistleblowing decrease. And I think some of the arguments around that are quite compelling 
One thought is it's just harder to spot issues when people are working remotely. You don't have those water cooler conversations. You don't come across people in the same way and have the opportunity to just have conversations that flush out issues. So people may not spot issues as readily and therefore may not raise them. I think there's possibly also a concern around the levels of engagement of your workforce, whether they feel as inclined to speak up, um, if they if they don't feel part of the culture in the same way. And that, I think, is one risk of extended periods of remote working. And possibly on the worrying side, if people feel uncertain or vulnerable at the moment, if they think their job is possibly slightly more at risk um, than they otherwise would do because of the upheaval caused by the pandemic, the financial fallout. There is a question, I think, as to whether they would want to raise concerns if they feel that in that way they're sort of exposing themselves to potential risk. And organisations have obviously, on the whole, made huge efforts to try and improve their speak up culture and convince people there isn't a risk of retaliation. But for as long as that perception persists that there might be, I can see that that could mean that there is a bit of a dampening effect on speak up culture at the moment. Thanks, Holly. That's really interesting. And Caroline, were you surprised by these findings in the report? What have you seen from your position? Have you seen an uptick in whistleblowing related work since COVID-19 started? Or do you think there's been a decline in the number of whistleblowing investigations or claims coming across your desk? Well, I had expected whistleblowing to have decreased for all the reasons that Holly's talked about, particularly with people remote working, I felt that people would feel more divorced from the workplace, perhaps less engaged with the culture. And certainly, if wrongdoing can be observed in the workplace, they wouldn't have that visibility. So my expectation was certainly that it would decrease. So I'm quite surprised by the results in that you have almost equal people thinking it's decreased and equal thinking it has increased. But one of the things I do think is very true is that there's plenty of risk for employers at the moment because people are working in financially stressed industries and they themselves are at risk of being downsized. And and that all perhaps suggests that you might have misconduct in the workplace. So I think that it's a worrying sign if whistleblowing is decreasing. And what we've seen so far is that historic cases, so whistleblowing that occurred many months before the pandemic, are now coming through to litigation. And that's a steady stream, just as it was before. So I'm not really in a position to comment as to whether or not there's been an increase or decrease in whistleblowing instructions, because those tend to have a time lag. But one thing we have seen an increase in is clients asking us to review whistleblowing policies and procedures. And secondly, looking at whether or not we can help them with cultural audits or risk assessments. So I think that's quite an interesting trend. And then the increase in the types of complaints raises is obviously very linked to the pandemic. So we've seen an increase in complaints about health and safety. So in the US, there's been a 30% increase in whistleblowing complaints to the Occupational Health and Safety Administration. And I would anticipate that we'll see an increase in whistleblowing around companies who have taken government grants or government money as to whether or not they did that properly or not. 
Thanks, Caroline. That's that's really interesting. And I would say Hong Kong is probably in a broadly similar situation. I think with the exception of cases that were ongoing before COVID took hold of around the world, you know, I'm generally seeing less investigations across my desk um, more recently. I think part of this is because of the practical difficulties in running investigations during this time when people are under a lockdown. I think the, the lockdown means that people are experiencing difficulty in interviewing witnesses, for example, and you know, getting hold of documents. And I think as organizations continue to navigate the challenges that COVID imposes on their business, the economic and revenue generating um, pressures may mean that there is the desire or the need to divert resources to revenue generating streams and away from compliance and legal functions, meaning that organizations are perhaps not channeling as much time or energy into looking at issues coming out from their reporting channels. Yeah, and I think this is really interesting, but another part of it as well is to think about whether the trends we're seeing at the moment are indicative of what we're going to see coming in the future. And no, Caroline, you've just touched on perhaps the impact of actions now and what we'll see further down the line. But do you think the trends that you're seeing at this point are going to continue into the future and kind of the time frames in which those trends will last? Well, I think there will be an increase in litigation from employees post the pandemic in the next one to two years, depending on how long the pandemic goes on. There is an enormous potential for misconduct to have occurred where you have remote working and you have less supervision. So for me, businesses need to think now about how they're going to manage that risk because regulators will come looking, you know, with hindsight and expect things to have been done during the pandemic to manage that risk. So I would say there will be an increase in litigation, increasing regulatory action. And what companies should be doing now is assess their risk. So look at their whistleblowing statistics, see if there are hotspots, perhaps take on board the fact that people feel more disconnected. So carry out some training, some visibility around whistleblowing, encouraging people to speak up and record all of that and document it so that in a couple of years when a regulator comes and says, you know, what were you doing to try to manage this risk? You've got some evidence that you were really trying to do so. So yes, future trends for me would be an increase in litigation, likely to be an increase in whistleblowing and an increase in regulatory action. Thanks, Caroline. Another really interesting um, statistic coming out from the 2020 report was that 23% of respondents thought that their organization's whistleblowing procedures needed to be updated because of COVID-19. This, I think, perhaps suggests that the current procedures in place are, in the view of managers at least, not fit for purpose for this new world of prolonged remote working. Holly, for the employers and managers amongst our audience who are perhaps thinking about revisiting their whistleblowing infrastructure, do you have any practical advice for them? Given the lockdown measures, will the way in which employers facilitate and encourage employees to blow the whistle have to change? I think the answer, possibly slightly unhelpfully, is maybe. So it depends on the arrangements that an organisation has in place, the size of the workforce, how well the arrangements are working already. So there isn't a one size fits all answer. 
in large part, I think it goes to the point that Caroline just made about, for example, needing more training. Maybe it's not so much about changing your arrangements as changing the messaging, putting it back up people's radars, reminding them of the importance that the organisation places on whistleblowing and the expectation on everybody that they will raise issues if they come across something. There are some practical points to think through. So if your whistleblowing arrangement relies quite heavily as a first step on informal discussions with a line manager, for example, then you possibly need to stand back and think, well, is that more difficult in this working environment? Have you lost some of those opportunities for interaction that you would naturally have if everybody was in the office together? And if that's the case, do you need to change your arrangement? Maybe not. Maybe there isn't an easy way to change it. But do you at least need to change your messaging and make sure that that people still realise that it's important to pick up the phone or do a video call, even if they can't stop and have a quick chat with their manager in the office? So points like that, I think, are really important. The other thing that I guess all of us have got used to over the last few months is the role that technology can play in our lives. And I think video calls have become the norm for a lot of us in a way that they perhaps weren't before. And I think there's a question around the role that technology can play in a company's whistleblowing arrangements as well. So if you have a traditional phone hotline and email address, is that enough? Or actually, is there some technological solution you could find that would be even better? Or you could have an addition to your existing arrangements. And what's really interesting is when you start digging into the age-related statistics from the survey, we can see, for example, that the younger end of the workforce generally have a stronger view than the older end of the workforce, that whistleblowing arrangements aren't well publicised within companies. Now, that might be explained by the fact that on the whole, younger employees have been there for less time and so maybe aren't as familiar with the arrangements. But I do wonder if, in part, it's giving us the message that the way in which you communicate arrangements doesn't really hit the mark and resonate as well with the younger end of the workforce as the older employees. And therefore, perhaps you should be thinking about alternative ways of communicating or alternative ways of them raising concerns, whether that's an app, for example, rather than a phone hotline or an email address. So this, I think, is a good opportunity to stand back and start asking yourself those sorts of questions as well about the role that technology could play. Yeah, so there's clearly lots for employers to be thinking about in this space. So that's really a really interesting insight. Thank you, Holly. So perhaps to bring today's conversation to a close, I just wanted to ask Caroline for any final takeaways for listeners today. We have all in every aspect of life, be that in work or at home in our personal lives, had to grapple with the impact of COVID-19. And that, of course, is the same for employers. So I'm interested to know what would be your overarching message for listeners trying to balance the consequences of the pandemic on their speak up culture? So I think it's really important to start with what you've got. So if you have records of whistleblowing, you should look at those over the last uh, six to eight months and assess what types of complaints have been raised what the volume has been, whether they've been in particular parts of the business. So I would start with the data that you have. And then I think I would extrapolate from that and potentially do some form of survey to see how people feel 
in respect of speak up? Do they feel comfortable? Would they speak up, etc.? To give you an idea. So I think that that's where I would start. Secondly, I think that you should, as an employer, be thinking about how you promote inclusivity and loyalty to the business, because obviously misconduct occurs where people feel disenfranchised, remote, and the fact that everybody is remote working is an environment where certainly misconduct and disenfranchisement can foster and and grow. So I would look at the culture and look at what measures could be taken to create a sort of a team feeling within the employer. Also, whistleblowing has a very important role to play in managing risk because that is how an employer finds out what's going on in the business or, or what's going wrong in the business. And therefore, I would carry out some whistleblowing training, some visibility methods to encourage people to talk about speaking up. And to Holly's point, I would probably think about some innovative and slightly different ways of doing that training for the younger generation so that that point about um, the age differential can be dealt with. So I think whistleblowing is incredibly important for employers at this time in our history with the pandemic, with remote working, to bring things to the fore and to address risk. Well, thank you, Holly and Caroline, for joining us today. We've really thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and hearing your insights on this very fascinating issue. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in for this podcast, the first in a series dissecting the Freshfields Whistleblowing Survey for 2020. We hope you found it engaging and informative. Please stay tuned for a second podcast, which will be coming soon.